Welcome to another episode of the PCG Project Podcast. My name is Donnie, and I'm here with my co-host, Dave. Dave and I have been playing tabletop games for years now, and we created this podcast series to share our view on the games we play. That's right, Donnie. In order to summarize our thoughts, we have decided to break down each game into five standard categories that we think are important to discuss, which include setup, learning curve, game balance, replayability, overall theme, design, and cost. At the conclusion of each podcast, we will provide a ranking in each of the five categories Dave mentioned. Our rankings are broken down into three categories, thumbs up for good, shrug for okay, and thumbs down for bad. As you can tell, our ranking system is a very complicated creation. All right, we are back with another episode and continuation of our first season, which is card games. Today we are going to be reviewing the Oregon Trail card game, which is a game based off of the very old computer game, the Oregon Trail, where you travel from Independence, Missouri to Willamette Valley, Oregon. Uh, We'll start off with what comes in the box here. So what comes in is you have a stack of trail cards, a stack of calamity cards, a stack of supply cards, the start card, which uh, is Independence, Missouri, and then the finish card, which is Willamette Valley, Oregon. Other than that, you have a pixelated die and the nice uh, dry erase board that lets you put the members of your party, the names, and then on the back is going to be gravestones for if and when your party member dies, you can do a funny gravestone on the back of that for basically just comedic value. And let's not forget the rules. So there's also a uh, nice little two-page rule set that explains most of what you need to know. And I'm going to go through those at a high level real quick. So this game is played for two to six players. And to set it up, you'll use that card that Dave was referencing that you can write down who's in your party. You can place the start and finish card about three feet apart. The goal is to get 10 sets of, of cards in there, which we'll explain in a little bit. You'll pass, you'll shuffle all the three decks that Dave mentioned. You'll pass out five trail cards each and a different number of supply cards depending on the amount of people in your party. Two to four is five supply cards, five is four supply cards, and six is three. So we were playing with four people today, so we passed out five supply cards each and five trail cards. And then you just shuffle the rest and uh, put them in, in piles on the table. So to start the, the game, you're supposed to start with the person who was born closest to Willamette Valley, Oregon. And we were all kind of born in the same town, so we just flipped a coin. And you start with any trail card. So once you start with the trail card, you're good to go. And each trail card has its own little path on it. It can end in the middle, the right, or the left. The next trail card that is played has to align with that trail card. And if you don't have any trail cards in your hand that can be played, you draw a card and that ends your turn. You can also, instead of playing a trail card, play a supply card, which we'll talk about in a little bit why you would do that. So certain trail cards have different things on them. Some of them are blank, which are the best cards. You just kind of play a trail card and you're good to go. Some have a river on it, and it'll say right on the card, Ford the river, and you have to roll an odd number, or an even number to Ford the river, and an odd number, you lose a supply card or you die. And then there is calamity cards, which say press space bar. If you draw a calamity, if you put down a calamity card, um, you have to pick one up and do whatever that card says. So there's a whole bunch of different calamity cards. I won't go through them all. But as you can imagine, each one has the potential to kill you or the entire party. It's Some, the uh, effects of the road. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and for those of you who don't know the history of the Oregon Trail, it was a very deadly trail for people traveling uh, you know, across the middle of the country back in the day. I think it was the early 1800s. We looked it up before this. It seemed about 10% of the people died in real life during this. So you know, they died from snake bites and dysentery and cholera and all these diseases that were just awful back in the day. So all these cards kind of mimic the, the real life scenario of the Oregon Trail of, of how you would have died. So an example of a calamity card is you know, extreme cold, where you're on the trail and you get hit by an extremely cold night, and the only way to survive is if you or someone in your party has a closed card. And if you play that during that round, then that individual survives. If not, they die. And there might be reasons why you would want someone in your party to die if you want to kind of hoard supply cards or, you know, kind of play for the future, because to kind of jump to the end, you win the game as, as long as at least one member of your party reaches Oregon, reaches Willamette Valley. You don't have to survive with everyone in the party. You all win. You're playing together. You all win if you, if you reach the end. So some other nuances of, of the rules. Every five trail cards you play, you stack them up in a, in a deck. And in order to reach from Missouri to Oregon, you have to have 10 stacks of five. So there's 50 trail cards you have to play as a group in order to get to the end. I guess the only other thing to mention is you don't redraw supplier trail cards as you play. You only draw a trail card if you cannot physically play one. If you can physically play one, you must play it. And supply cards you never draw unless you put down a fort or a town, which are trail cards in themselves, and those allow you to draw supply cards. And you can also trade in two supply cards for one specific supply card of your choice, and you can work with your compadres there to each put in one supply card to, to draw a specific supply card. So there's some, some team ability there. And that can be done at any time. It does not take up your turn either. So let's get into the, our ratings. Setup and learning curve. So I guess I'll, I'll set it off. So this one, you know, we, we reviewed a couple other card games that were really easy, setup and learning curve-wise. This one, you know, it's not difficult per se, you know, we just went through it fairly quickly, five trail cards, five supply cards. But the rules, at least in, in my head, were somewhat confusing through the first pass-through. So the, the setup and learning curve for me took a little bit to, to get there. Yeah, and you know, one of the instances we ran into was drawing trail cards when you run out. And we actually had to look that up. It was nice because Pressman, the company that makes Oregon Trail, did put that up online. But it just seems to have been left out of the instructions. So that was a little confusing and concerning for us as we read through the instructions like three times to try to find it. Yeah, and there's one calamity card called Food where you go out on a hunt and you flip it over and it says, you know, you're out on a hunt. If you have any bullets, then you can get a food supply, which is good. You need food supplies for certain other calamities. But the calamity card did not specify if you meant your, you know, everyone in your wagon or you yourself. So we made a judgment call assuming that you went on a hunt alone. But that essentially made bullets useless if you had them and you didn't pull that specific calamity card. So, you know, there's there's a little gray area. For the most part, the cards are pretty straightforward, but there is some some learning curve to it for sure. Uh, next on the list, I believe, is... Game balance. Yeah, See, had this one. Boom, game balance. So, Dave, I'll let you kick that one off. So, I put this with a caveat here because I, it even says in the rules you're more likely to die. So I would say it's fairly well balanced in that aspect. You definitely, you definitely can win, which is nice. Uh, when we just played, we were pretty much right towards the end. But the fact of the matter is, is you're really kind of intended to die. So I would say the game balance really is pretty good. 
you can work with your teammates, you can buy cards from the uh, supply at any time. It doesn't take up your turn if you two uh, both put in your supply cards and stuff. So it, it does uh, enable you for a pretty well-balanced game. Yeah, I'd say if you're looking at it from the mindset as it's the wagon, everyone playing versus the game, the game is balanced. Um, I tend to be a little bit more selfish and think I want to win, like me, like Donnie in the wagon, as opposed to the other three players, even though we're all on a team. So if you're trying to win and be the last person alive and make it to Oregon, I'd say the game isn't quite as balanced because it it is a little bit of luck of what supply cards you're given, what trail cards you're given. But if you work together, the wagon itself can make it to Oregon if if you play it right. The next category is replayability. What do you think, Donnie? So I'd say I... This is a solid game. We played twice before this podcast. We did a version with just the two of us, and then we each made two characters um, and did four people. And the reason we did that is the, f- the first game we got smoked with just two people in the wagon. I'd say it's it's easier with four to six players, but you want to keep playing until you make it to the Oregon Trail, which, not to bury the lead, we'll, we'll let you know at the end of this episode whether or not we, we made it in either game. <laughs> um, for sure. But this is uh, very nice. It's a small game. It's a, definitely like a coffee table game. You can just kind of pull it out if you're having a little bit of tea time or uh, maybe a dinner party, hanging out with some friends. Uh, it's nice to just be able to replay. No one's going to think it's going to take forever or anything like that. It's probably 30 minutes, especially when you know what you're doing. So it's, it's pretty good for replayability. Yeah, quick and easy. And then I think next is overall theme and design. So, Dave, I'll let you kick it off with the, the theme and design of this puppy. It's nice. Gives you that old, like, game uh, feel to it because most of, like, the cards and the die and everything is pixelated. If you've played the old Oregon Trail game, which is, it, it is very old, but, you know, Donnie and I are pretty old. So we kind of grew up playing that on the computer. It was probably the only game you could really play in school, virtually anyway, so... It has a lot of nostalgia value for us. So I like it. It is nice that you can just kind of set it up real quick. Yeah, they definitely designed it to be exactly like the computer game. The images, the box, Dave mentioned it's all pixelated. It's meant to look like it's still a computer game. And the Calamity cards, uh, like the trails that, that drive a Calamity card still say press space bar. There's no space bar on the card. So they're, they're pretending like this card game is still the computer game, which which is fun and nostalgic. And even if you've never played the computer game before, it's still straightforward and easy and it's just visually cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not as eye-catching as some of the other games, I would say. It definitely has that theme to it and that's the point and it does it well. And I think the last category is cost, which I will not lie, I didn't buy this game. This is Dave's game. Didn't look it up before this, so I'm fully relying on Dave here to, to kind of rate this category. Well, uh, I myself did happen to look this up. <laughs> He's looking at the and box right now, praying that it's, <laughs> it's on there. And so, it's definitely no, not. We'll, we'll just do it live. We'll, I'm going to Google it while we're on the podcast. We'll uh, check it out. I can't imagine that this game is very expensive. So Amazon right now has this card game selling for $30, uh, which isn't too bad. But also, if you go with the original, um, which is must be what mine is, because it's from says only a Target behind it. If you go to the Target store, it is thirteen dollars. MSRP is fifteen, but currently I guess it's on sale. So fifteen bucks is it's a good game for fifteen dollars. That's all I really have to say about that. Yeah. And uh, now we will get into our ratings. Let's start with the setup and learning curve, which I will toss over to Dave to start. 
You know, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to give this a thumbs down. It really sticks with me that we had to go online to look up a rule that easily should have been implemented into the rule book. The fact that drawing five cards when you ran out of cards was overlooked is just a big faux pas for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, as much of a source board as Dave, so I'll give it a shrug. <laughs> um, just because, you know, after a couple games, we played two today, and it was... By that point, we got 99% of the rules, but it's a shrug. It's, it's not a thumbs up. There was a little doing there. Uh, the next category is game balance, so I'll, I'll toss that to Dave again. Thanks, Donnie. I will probably go with a shrug for this. The thing is, is it is meant, kind of intended for you not to make it, but it just seems a little unbalanced. Sometimes you just get terrible card, supply cards, and you could, you could end up with being on the very last card and the very last bit of the game which all you need is that, and then you get a snake bite, which there's literally nothing you can do about. There's no planning or anything you can do. So the balance is a little jaded there. Yeah, I agree. I know the, the point of the game is to lose, but you want to make a game that is playable and that it's you know, family-friendly and everyone can win. And you can win this game, but you have to be very strategic. And if you play five games, you might win one. So the, in my eyes, the game is a, it's a shrug. It's, it's not super balanced. Yeah, shrug is, shrug is appropriate, I feel, for this uh, game. The replayability is next. I mean, I might as well start us off again. Uh, I'm going to give this a thumbs up for sure. It's a game where you can definitely just pick it up and play. You're not going to get too sick of it. I mean, I guess if you just never win, maybe you'll get a little beat up about it. But honestly, it's still fun while you're doing it. There's no reason not to replay it, and I think everyone tends to. Yeah, I'll give this a thumbs up as well. Uh, we'll always play it more than one time for sitting. You want to play till you win, and uh, we've played it over multiple occasions, so thumbs up. The next category is overall theme and design, and you know this might be unfortunate for this Oregon Trail game that we just reviewed it after two amazing-looking games. But I'll give it a shrug only because it's you know it's more nostalgic and it's not necessarily you know eye catching or whatnot. They 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 went for nostalgia, so I'm gonna give it a shrug. I gotta say I'm a big nostalgia guy. I'm definitely the age range where I grew up playing the PC version, but it's still just a shrug for me. I have to agree with Donnie. Coming up after Dungeon Mayhem and Exploding Kittens, where the art was just fun, well done. It's just it's. Eh, it's it's a shrug. Yeah, and then the cost. I think we can both unanimously say, thumbs up. I mean, it's cheap. It's still worth it, even though we're giving it a lot of shrugs. It's uh, it's worth it. It's worth the cost of fifteen bucks. Absolutely, fifteen dollars. This is a no-brainer game. Go pick it up now. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the PCG Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our review and rankings. As always, you can find us on anchor.fm under PCG Podcast or anywhere you find your podcasts. If you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Twitter, at defunkafu, and all episodes will be submitted and accompanied by a blog post on my website, defunksgeekdom.com. Thank you for joining for this week's episode, and until next time, keep playing and game on.